Hey, Peaches. Thanks for tuning in to the PGAF podcast with J9 and Bex. We just want to put this little disclaimer that there is some triggers in this episode. Uh, there is going to be talk of child abuse, um, murder, childhood trauma, and suicide, and, you know, all that ugly nastiness. But it's something that's important to us to get out in the open and to reach out to people who may have gone through similar things or, Uh, know of anybody who has and you know feel free to reach out to us let us know what you think Um, if you know of anybody who could be helped by this definitely share the episode with them share our podcast follow us on instagram and on facebook the pgaf podcast with jane annabex so here is the episode All right, hey peaches. Uh, we have no idea what episode this is. We're gonna go with. I'm 17. gonna go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That sounds really good. Seventy-one. So, <laughs> episode seventy-one of the PJF podcast. So this is <laughs> Jane Nine We're and famous. Bex here. We yeah, we just we've had a bit of a break again. Life is crazy. It is what it is. And it's COVID. Yeah, COVID. COVID you makes just blame life. Everything on COVID. Yeah, it's it's a great excuse. So anyway, we are, yeah, this is the start of a a series over the next several episodes based on trauma. So we plan to kind of get into some of our own traumas we've experienced, childhood trauma, bullying, you know, traumatic events. And I think today we plan to, yeah, chat about uh, childhood trauma. But before we get into that, how's your week been, Janine? Oh, just peachy. Yeah, I hear (laughs) you. I did that not even on purpose. <laughs> just peachy. Um, yeah, you know, just same old, same old. Definitely not as exciting as your your days are with uh, homeschooling and all that jazz. And pretty boring. My new job makes me want to bang my head up against the wall, but it's fine. It's okay. I'm yeah, okay with that. at least you have one right now, right? You'll find exactly. something more exciting. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so cool. It is what it is, and your and your week was great. Uh, this has probably been the worst week <laughs> I've experienced in a really long time. Um, so Evan got sick last Saturday, and uh, we were just going to kind of ride it out. It's cold and flu season. We, he literally goes nowhere. Our bubble right. is so tiny. But in order for Sue to be able to go back to work and for him to go be, be able to go back to daycare, we had to do the dreaded COVID testing. So that was fun. So we did that and that was negative, which is good. But everyone's been sick this week. So it took several days for our COVID test to come back. So Stu worked from home and I had both kids home all week, mm-hmm. which was fucking brutal. Evan, you know, it's ironic we're chatting about trauma today because Evan has experienced trauma and the effects of it was very obvious this week. <laughs> very obvious. Um, mm-hmm. No sleeps. I swear, I think I want to say three nights in a row, I was up at like one in the morning with him, like up for the Ugh. night, literally up from one until 630 when I could finally kind of get up and start moving around without worrying about waking everyone else up at an odd, ungodly hour. So yeah, yeah, so it's been rough. And then he, yeah, he's just been really challenging to deal with this week. Just freak outs and being violent and naughty and just disobedient and yeah so it's been a week that's for sure uh, it's been a fucking week and I can't wait for him to go back to daycare love him to death but doing like homeschooling and whatnot is almost next to impossible with him around 
Yeah, because he's probably like disturbing Zara. She's trying. Yeah, to he's stuff. he's that type of kid. He's in right now where if the only thing that engages him, like that can keep him busy, is TV. Like that's the right. only thing, and we don't let him watch a lot of TV because it's not good for him. So basically, yeah, as soon as he sees, you know, I'm sitting focused on Zara for a few minutes, he's right in in there being a shithead, or he'll intentionally break things, like go break something somewhere else oh. to get a reaction. So yeah, so it's tough. We're working with MCFD. I think I don't know um, if our listeners know, but I think I did mention before. But we're adopting Evan, so he's still we're still technically foster parents. So we can't just access resources to help him ourselves. MCFD has to do it, or which is the ministry here. Ministry, yeah. So yeah, so we're waiting on them to get us the help we need. So yeah, so that's that's our week. It's been pretty pretty insane. It's it's still insane. The weekends are crappy with him too. So we're just kind of getting through and surviving right now. And yeah, looking forward to him going back to daycare. So as bad as that well, sounds. No, I think a lot of parents go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I could totally, like I would want my kid in daycare all the time. And I'd be like, yeah, I didn't feel that with Zara. Like I love being home with Zara. Like after, I think I went back to work after Matt leave and then I worked for two years. And then when my mom got sick, I decided to stay home with Zara and I just loved being home with her, but she was like such a good kid. So good. And we just did lots of fun stuff together. And yeah, I I never felt that way with Zara, but Evan something else. But again, like back to trauma, Evan has experienced trauma. We don't necessarily have to get into all of that here, but some of his behavior could very well be the effects of trauma. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, we think he may be ADHD, but we're also having to wait on that testing because a trauma, a brain that's experienced trauma will mimic a can, can not will can mimic ADHD symptoms. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, he's got anxiety, he has, uh, behavioral issues and yeah, a lot of that could just stem from the trauma he's experienced. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And then obviously it's, it's, you know, only time can tell of like how he he'll react to these different programs. Once you actually get the, the, um, the resources that you need Mm -hmm. to help. Exactly. Like we're Um, waiting on a behavioral therapist. That's one big thing. And then he's also going to be set up with child and youth uh, mental health, like with a worker, so they can access different services for us too, as well. So yeah, once we kind of get some of those going, and after, you know, several months of doing them, if some things are still, you know, we're not able to kind of correct or at least um, remedy the behavior a little bit, then we, you know, we'll obviously look at other options at trauma, maybe more of a factor um, yeah. than we think. But yeah, so I, I, again, like speaking on childhood trauma, I guess we will eat, well, you know, sort of also to also to sorry, yeah, it's all good. To, but um, because I don't know if we I, I feel like in episode one, we might have touched on it. But uh, Becky and Stu and Zara have been um, welcomed Evan into their home. He's actually are we you wanted to just quickly? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, well, from my perspective, I think you guys are fucking saints um, for doing what you're doing and um, raising, you know, your nephew to be your your son is is pretty admir- admirable. I don't know of many people who could do it as well as you guys have done it. Um, yeah, and- it's it's uh, been a big change for us, and it's 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 intense and a lot. But you know, we love the little guy to death. 
Well, exactly. And, and you want to do, you want him to have a good life and you guys are going to give him a great life. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you want to, you want to want to heal those wounds, I guess, of what he had to go through in his first couple of years there before he got into your care. Um, yeah. And I, mean- I guess it kind of ties into to like, um, kind of what you had, well, you didn't go through that kind of trauma, um, when you were little or, but uh, oh yeah sorry the traumas that evan experienced are very similar the only thing is i didn't spend time in foster care so just brief story on that's what i meant the little guy that my or our nephew that we're adopting he was in my sister's care for two years um you know it's not my story to completely tell all the details and i do have to preface this with i don't believe anyone has a child with the intention to treat them poorly or not let them have or for them not to have a good life. So basically what happened happened, you know, my sister and her ex, they had some struggles. Um, Evan witnessed, you know, a lot of things he shouldn't have witnessed, ended up in foster care. We started to fight for him to be in our care. And yeah, so there was some back and forth between foster care and our home before he finally moved in with us. So beyond just witnessing traumatic things in his home, he's also moved around a lot, which is very traumatizing for children, you know? So he's been with us now for a year and a half and we still deal with some separation anxiety. You know, we had a visit with his half twin brothers who we spent some time with uh, prior to coming to our home. We spent three weeks with them and then was sent back to his foster home. And when they were here, when they were leaving, he wanted me to pick him up. And he said to me, I want to stay with you, mom. And I'm like, of course you're going to stay with me. But it made me realize he remembered those times, you know, where he was there. And he doesn't know where he's going he doesn't know you know like to have that anxiety from those traumas he's experienced is just so sad and so for it is weeks after that like we'd be sitting around in the morning and he'd be like mom this is my house and I'm like yeah bud this is your house or mom this is my bedroom like yeah buddy this is your bedroom and often he'll Mm -hmm. just say to us when we're just doing regular things like mom you're gonna keep me safe and I'm like yeah dude like I'll always keep you safe so it just shows like these lasting (laughs) effects it's so heartbreaking so, yeah, so those are, you know, again, I'm not going to get into all the specific details of Evan's trauma, mm-hmm. but he's experienced a lot. So these behaviors that we're dealing with, we just assume at this point that it has to do with the trauma. He's also very delayed. You know, he's four years old, but developmentally more about two and a half years old. And trauma can right. have an effect on development as well. So, right. So, yeah, and for me, like my childhood traumas, definitely similar. I mean, I witnessed a lot of terrible things in my home. I just wasn't ever taken from my home and put into foster care like I should have been, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think like for me, like the earliest memories of trauma are, oh gosh, I, my sister was just born and I, I actually have like nightmares about it and I have um, just flashbacks. Um, uh, a lot of people aren't going to like hearing this, but my dad shook my little sister. Oh, you're cutting oh. out there a little bit. What, your your dad what? Uh, shook my little sister when she was a baby. Oh, no. Yeah, and she stopped breathing. So. Oh, my God. I remember. Uh, because she was crying something. or whatever. I don't know. I remember at my dad's parents' house. I don't remember it, like, specifically. I was five. But I remember it yeah. happening. And I remember her stopping breathing. And then I remember the paramedics coming in and taking her out on this massive stretcher. She was just this tiny little baby. Um, yeah, so that's, like, the earliest traumatic event I I really remember 
Um, but I know like, obviously there's probably stuff that happened prior to that. I lived with my grandparents from zero to four and then I moved in. My mom met my dad, who's not my birth dad and we moved in with him. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the earliest memory of trauma for sure. But then, and you said zero to four, meaning like you, like your mom had you and then you were in your grandparents' care. No, no, no. Like, like, like we both lived with my grandparents. So my mom had me when she was at home. My mom, I think, yeah, like just got up pregnant randomly. And so. Because she she was pretty young, Yeah, 21. So yeah, fairly young. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, so we lived with my grandparents until I was four. And then she met, you know, the guy who raised me, who's not my birth father, but, you know, I refer to as my father. Mm -hmm. And I remember we moved in with them. And then I don't really remember a lot of you know, traumatic experiences until that specific memory of my sister being young. And then after that, it was just like a lot of fighting in my home, a lot of physical abuse. You know, my dad was very abusive. Um, Next biggest traumatic memory is being um, carried up the stairs by my hair. Yeah, like dragged up the stairs by my hair at like, I want to see about, say about seven years old. Um. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty traumatic. Um, It's funny, we did an adoption study. (laughs) You're like, it's funny. funny. No, it's not funny. (laughs) But But it's just funny uh, talking about trauma, because I didn't realize until this year, like the stuff I experienced was like, actually trauma, until we started doing this adoption program for Evan. And realizing like, oh, okay, I just thought I had a shitty life, right? But no, those were traumatic events. And those traumatic yeah. events have sh- contributed to the person I am today and the issues that I have, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, cause you, you had actually searched out a lot online yeah. about, um, like you were saying about the traumatic, uh, events that have actually, like, they'll actually come up yeah. in different things in your life. Things you that, like, like didn't even remember. And so much for me this year has right. come up after, you know, taking Evan in and, you know, I, in the beginning, I cried often for him thinking about what he's been through. It's not, it's, it's a little easier now just knowing, you know, that's in his past and we're giving him a better future, but it was mm-hmm. often thought we thought about it and talked about it often. So then things from childhood have popped up too. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, like even with my sister, Evan's mother, we were so angry with her in the beginning for, you know, what happened with Evan. But then I think about the stuff she went through. You know, exactly. like the cycle wasn't broken. Exactly. And that's, it's unfortunate. Like, thankfully, Evan, that we know of, didn't experience any physical um, trauma. But, you know, my sister did. And it's just, yeah, it was a vicious cycle there. For me, though, like, I still have the effects of trauma. But when it comes to passing that on or breaking the cycle, like, I did that. For sure. You oh, know, I knew yeah. from a young age, being a little girl, like, being abused by both my parents, I just know, knew from really young that it wasn't right. Like, it was not okay what was right. happening. I didn't ever feel like, oh, this is my fault or whatever. I knew, like, no, these people are fucked and they shouldn't be happening. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's being, again, being dragged up the stairs. That's kind of my second largest, um, you know, traumatic event that happened to me that I can kind of um, remember from childhood. Remember, For yeah. sure. But, I mean, there are other things, too. Like, my parents packed us up and just randomly moved us to Kelowna to get away from family who was knew what was happening in our home and not okay with it. Right. So there, that's another thing, right. just a sudden move away from the people you love and care for. That's a traumatic event too. Right. So, Oh yeah. There's just totally. so many things that happen to people as children that 
can be, can, you know, are, are traumatic, really. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I could get, I could keep talking about so many things that happened, <laughs> but like, so really, I mean, what, what is that doing? I don't know. Just venting here, I guess. Well, no, but like, uh, it, like, like we had touched on that it, uh, it'll pass through into your teens and your adulthood that, um, like the, you know, the, the little way of you say doing something or little quirks that you might have in your personality. Well, that is it. That could have come from something that happened in your past. Like, trauma. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. Like, you know, I, I never experienced the abuse. Um, well, I had two older brothers that used to beat me but up. You but you know what? Some <laughs> of those things, like some situations where you're experiencing bullying or abuse from your siblings, and I'm not saying your situation, that can be traumatic too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I vividly remember, like, you know, and, and uh, you know, with your parents' uh, relationship, them always fighting. Like, my parents always fought, um, like, oh so much my dad is so like the kindest soul ever and my mom um and him like yeah it just but it's things that you reflect on now that you're like holy shit like um the things that were said like and I even catch myself like when I get in like moods or if I'm fighting I I I sound like my mother sometimes and I was like oh my god this is what I didn't like growing up is is how like the fighting and and whatnot but um you know, going back to like the, like kind of like the abuse or the bullying too. Like you know, like my brothers and I, we like play fight or whatever, and like sometimes they would not, not like beat each other. Well, they would beat each other up because guys are boys yeah. are crazy. But like I, I, I always remembered, um, like if I didn't get my way or something, I'd say, "Mom, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Mom Joey hit me," and then like he wouldn't even be in the house. He'd be like outside or something. <laughs> And he'd get like grounded yeah. or like I was such a shit distributor. So like, but um, I think a lot of stuff for me was hidden um, as a child. And I think more of my, um, I guess, like, see, I, I, I don't see like a lot of trauma, but more of like the yeah. bullying and stuff like happened in school. Yeah, so you didn't experience um, like a ton of childhood trauma, like in your home. In, yeah, in and the that's, home. That's great. And, and if I did, if I did, like, or my brother saw a lot yeah. more shit. Yeah, exactly than I did um you know like it wasn't all hunky-dory in our water household for sure but um, nothing that you n- that you've actually experienced yourself in your house no and that's, no. that's good but I do remember getting spanked and that was that was bullshit <laughs> I remember getting spanked and but then then I'm like thinking I'm like you see some kids like when you're in Walmart or whatever and you're like holy fuck like what bring back spanking hey some kidding. people do just it just kidding totally and you know what <laughs> I don't judge like I don't judge for how you want to parent your kids we're not a spanking house like we never have been yeah. we tried to spank once so we were going through a rough period of Zara when she was like four and we're like okay maybe we need to do spanking and I'm like okay let's do this <laughs> And then I remember one time she was being really bad. Stu comes over to me and he's like, okay, uh, you got to spank her now. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I can't do it. If I do it, then I'm like, I'm a, like, I'm an abuser. And I'm like, he's like, cause I'm a man. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Like you can't just call me to implement the spanking. So I think I gave her like one swat on the ass once when she was like four and her reaction was like, <gasps> like, you know, when you're like crying so hard, you can barely breathe. And then she was like, mommy. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to hurt more than that. 
And then I felt so bad after that we never did it again. But again, like anyone, go yeah. for it. But yeah, we, I mean, there was, we didn't experience spankings in our house. Like we experienced full on beat downs. Um, terrible, really terrible. Like I remember like my mom gave me a black eye once. Yeah, I'm Jesus not joking. Christ. I was, I think I was like seven. And then she told me to tell oh my, my grandma, because I was going for a sleepover, that I fell and hit my face in the dryer or something. So I was good at lying too. And oh, I would geez. lie at school and things like that. But what just popped into my mind now is like trauma obviously isn't just like physical abuse or, you know, verbal abuse or whatever. Things like for us, like me and my siblings even our in our home, like our parents are just such shitty parents that half the time we didn't even have food in the house. So going to bed, worrying about like whether there would be lunch for tomorrow or something. I've learned that like those are traumatic experiences as well, like like which I exactly. wasn't aware of before. So all of these things are like not having heat in our house, things like that, and not having like the the basic things you need, and worrying about them is traumatic as well. Um, I wanted to like touch on one thing too that I know we'll get into at like another episode where we kind of discuss. Um, yeah, you know, in more detail, like traumatic um, life experiences. But when I was about 12, I remember like up until 12, despite the stuff that I'd been through, the trauma I'd experienced, I was still a pretty carefree kid for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like to have fun, enjoyed myself, wasn't worried about things. You know, I, I wasn't afraid of the dark, you know, silly things like that. And then my aunt and my four cousins were murdered when I was 12 years old. And so that yeah. was... And that's yeah, on your mom's yeah. side? We hadn't seen them in a couple of years, but like my mom was pretty tight with her and we spent a lot of time with my cousins and like that was unbelievably traumatic for me. And th- where did that happen? Like, no, so that was in was um, that... Courtney on the island. So basically, oh. yeah, it was super traumatic. Um, they were, yeah, just going to say it, like bludgeoned to death with an axe. Uh-huh. And oh. when I was 12, Jesus. I remember you know, when it first came out in the news, it was just, they were sleeping and it was all good, not all good, but it was no pain, blah, blah, blah. A couple of years ago, I randomly found a news article about it again, where police actually spoke more on the topic. And that wasn't the case at all. Like they went more into detail about how they were awake. And so those traumatic, that traumatic experience just was resurfaced again you know, seeing that. So, and that, and that's typical with trauma, like, um, you know, things can pop up again, but yeah, so that, that was a huge thing when I was 12 years old. After that, I literally couldn't sleep with the light off. I still, to this day, have a really hard time being home alone or home alone with the kids. Like I feel more comfort if there's a man in the house. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. those are lasting effects of trauma, right? I mean, I've definitely gotten better, but for several years after that, yeah, like it was really hard for me. It was hard for me to walk alone anywhere. It was hard for me to, um, you know, be alone. Just I had this fear of just being murdered, even though this specific incident, you know, it wasn't just a random act of violence. It was definitely like premeditated. But anyway, so again, we've. But still, like that's absolutely horrible for like anybody to in anybody's family, let alone. Like you being twelve years old, it's absolutely appalling. But like, if you even if you were no, actually, years old, it's absolutely, still yeah, something same, like that right? is is just absolutely brutal, and it just sticks with you. And um, yeah, of course, you're gonna have like these preconceived, um, 
you know, ideas of things and whichever, because of, you know, mm-hmm. experiencing that so young, it's totally going to fuck Completely, you up. yeah. So that, that was a big one for me, for sure. But yeah, I mean, obviously I talked about before about, you know, my parents abandoned me. <laughs> that was a pretty... Yes, actually, I think my aunt had, uh, when she listened to that podcast, she called me right away. She's like, what? <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> She's and I was just like, oh, well, we'll fi- you'll find out. Keep Did I not really just podcast. talk about it at all in there? Did I literally just say they abandoned me? You just, you just like, Jesus you dropped Christ. it. You just like, you dropped it. And like, oh my like, God, <laughs> I'm really good at that. So people are like, kind of like, hanger. Because that doesn't happen. To yeah, that was a very dramatic part of my life. So I guess I could talk about it here. I, you know, things were really bad at home. I was 13. And I think I discussed briefly in that podcast episode about the fact that by that age I was like fuck this I'm not hiding my parents bullshit anymore I'm not lying about what's happening at home like I don't want this anymore so I started to talk to like the school counselor talk to my teacher at school Um, my mom and I were really fighting bad there's a lot the abuse was just extreme at home at that point so my grandmother had got in touch with um, a social worker basically And I was able to go stay with my grandparents for like a three month break from my home. So um, I did that. And the the plan was, you know, I would go back and visit my mom and we'd try to work through some things. And I think we did that a little bit. And then I kind of just got to the point where I wasn't into it anymore. So I stopped sort of going there and I just planned, I'm spending this entire three months and then, you know, I'll go back home. Near the end of the three months, I guess during that time I was gone, my mom and dad decided We're going to pack, you know, the kids up, not including me, and move to Saskatchewan. Like, just leave and not tell anyone. So that's what happened, basically. I was supposed to be coming home, but they decided to leave. So they packed up the whole house. They packed up my siblings. And then they moved to Saskatchewan. They told, I think, I want to say one of my uncles that I could go get my stuff. And I literally, my grandparents took me to my house after they moved. And everything was gone, but, like, my bed and my clothing and whatnot. So for me, though, I mean, it sounds really bad and it was traumatic. For me, it was like a blessing in disguise, though, because I was able to escape that Mm -hmm. abuse. But it it still hurt. It was painful. And they didn't I didn't know where they moved at that point. And my mom wouldn't allow anyone to tell me or even give me a phone number so I could speak to my siblings. So I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't get to talk to my brother and sister for like six months. And that was painful. Like I was super tight with my brother and sister. So yeah, six months, I had no idea where they were. I actually had like a friend whose older sister was friends with my mom, which was really weird because his older sister was like 17 and she was in contact with my mom and she knew and, and she wouldn't tell me and she'd like hold it over my head. Like, ha ha ha. I I know where your siblings are, but you don't kind of thing. So again, that was also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she sounds totally. like a human. Totally. So, yeah, so six months and finally <laughs> um, I got to speak with my siblings. And then, you know, my mom ended up moving back to BC after a while and whatnot. But, yeah, that that's basically it. You know, there's no nothing more really to say to that story other than, yeah, they decided to move away without me. So. And but from 13 on, that's when your your grandparents yeah. took care yeah, of you. Yeah, my grandparents completely, completely right? changed their life. They were living, you know, they had just bought a new place in like a 55 and up, um, you know, complex. And they sold and we moved back into Surrey closer to my high school so that I could remain at the same high school. And yeah, they cared for me mm-hmm. until, you know, I graduated and I mean, still do. But 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's where I think that, like, you taking care of um, Evan is kind of, like, second nature to you because, like, you, you get that, like, nurturing yeah. from your grandma. And, like, your yeah, like, my grandma sure. is a caregiver by nature, and so am I. I get that from her. But we're also both the same in the sense that, like, we take on too much yeah, you take on. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I can't say no. I, I, and then, and it's so hard for me, like so hard for me. So we take on too yeah. much, and then we overwhelm ourselves. But it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. I also have this this sense of like yeah. no one's gonna do it as good as me too. <laughs> like I just, it's a controlling thing. Yeah. I guess. Well, everybody, I think everybody kind of has that yeah. to a certain extent. But I mean, I've been caring for people since I was a little girl. Like when I. Well, you had to carry for your yeah your from the time my like, I can remember changing my sister's diapers when I was five years old, like changing her like I took care of her, changing wow. her diapers, making yeah. her bottles, getting yeah. her up in the middle of the night when she was crying and nobody else would pick her up and bringing her to my bed and like feeding her and rocking her to sleep like at five years old. So, yeah, so I've been caring Aww. for people my entire life. It's just I can't help it. That's just who I am caregiver by nature yeah caregiver by nature like whenever you do those like personality tests you probably get like the caregiver it's almost like you should have been like a I wish I regret it like not doing that a nurse or like I don't even know like I working with old people or whatever or something I don't know yeah like I I think I would rock at like um you know yeah direct therapist for a for an old folks home and just like you know, play games with old people. And, it would like, be just, so fun. You know, yeah, totally. <laughs> I could I would, like do all of this stuff except for you know changing totally. their diapers if they needed changing. I don't know. Yeah, if I no, could that's do that's that. tough. I just don't that's have that. But also, too, uh, we had mentioned before that uh, you're an yeah. older sister. Like you're the oldest, and I'm the youngest sister. Like I'm the youngest, so I I think that comes in like the nurturer, the caregiver that role is naturally as being the oldest like mm-hmm. you, t- you mm-hmm. take on that role I think most most of the the people I know that are the oldest they take on that 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 role I'm just like the, the young yeah sh- you know yeah. the shit disturber um <laughs> but you know like um it, that's where it's kind of uh I'd always said it before it's funny that we're we're best friends because it's like I oh, know Jesus what you used Christ. to do to torture your your siblings That's just it. growing up. I know. I was on the rece- receiving end of that shit. And Steve's he is, the yeah. youngest, too. Oh, he? yeah. But he has some legit trauma <laughs> from what his brother did to him. Like, his brother was awful. Yeah, But there's, I, I there's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I've probably contributed to some of my sister's trauma, too, the way I treated her. But that's the... But at the same time, how, how exactly, you know how exactly. To cope with it? We talked like, about when... this the other day. Like, we actually, yeah. as crazy as, as it sounds, should have my sister on as a guest to talk about some of this stuff because she's really worked through it and talk and explains it really well. But we talked about how she did it to my brother, too. It was like we weren't coping with what we were experiencing. So, you know, putting that on them, right. like, I was terrible to my sister. I split my sister's head open once with a McDonald's toy. Oh yeah, you're gonna say like an axe. I'm like, no, it was a Hercules McDonald's toy. Like I chucked it at her head super hard. I was close to her and I knew it, and I split her head open. And then I tried to cover it with a towel and be like, okay, it's okay. Like you're okay. She wasn't okay. 
Like she should have had <laughs> stitches. You know, like I was, I was mean to her. I was, uh... you know, I was bossy. I was controlling. Like as she got older, when she was a baby, like it was a different story. But when she was more like, you know, maybe around like seven, eight, not that that's old. Well, you're also five years older, so you got a yeah. little bit on her, right? Like, my brothers were, like, a year and a half apart, and they fought, and Joey, like, they fought yeah. all the time, Joey and Jimmy. And then I came along. I'm, I'm like, almost five years younger than Joey. Um, so, I, of course, I'm the only girl, so they had to, be, yeah. you know, be gentle. <laughs> they couldn't really, um, you know, rough me up like they did each other. But, um, but yeah, like, and... It's just, it's, it's funny because it's almost like, like I said, that, that trauma, like it, it comes back in like tenfold oh when God. you get older. Cause it's like, you're, you, or like you say something or you do something and you're like, oh shit. Like, you know, my yeah. parents used to do that or say that, but like, why the fuck am I saying that? And it, and even like the way that you, you handle like current life issues and current life drama. Oh yeah. Um, like like you had gone through the trauma in your early years and that's like that you're more impressionable mm-hmm. years yeah. as well. Um, so like, I think the most traumatic thing that happened to me in my childhood would be probably um, when I was 14. So grade nine, um, one of my really good friends committed suicide and you know, like that's from huge. Town of yeah. Like that's huge people. regardless. That's a big like deal to go through for sure. And, but like, it's almost like thinking back, it, it wasn't like they, they didn't, um, I don't think they did a great job at, at the grief counseling mm-hmm. or like the, you know, um, but at the same time, it was what, it would have been early 2000s, um, or no, is that 90, no, yeah, it would have been like 2001 or 2000 or whatever when this happened. And like, you know, I went to elementary school with him and, you know, he was a great guy, Ryan, and he was just, and, you know, they, they didn't really talk more about, like, the mental health side of things, because... I feel like nobody did. Um, I don't like, know nobody if did back then. They did back then. Because even, like, my brothers had friends that had committed suicide, too, in their teens, and it's kind of like, and, you know, of course, it's be, with it being a small town, like, maybe, like, not enough resources in order, well, back then, to to deal with it, but, like, but yeah, like it's, it's, that's, that was probably like the most mm-hmm. crazy thing that had happened because it's like, shit, like we yeah. like, we'll never get to see him again, you know? And it like, you know, and so that's probably the most traumatic thing, like, like family wise trauma. Like I, like I said, I always thought that growing up, I had the most boring family life. Like I had, my parents had been together since they were 21 not like that's anything to brag about. They <laughs> fucking argued all the time, but they didn't, ha- they didn't have like, you know, the, the best uh, relationship, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, but then like thought like up until graduation where I'm like, fuck, like I have friends who yeah. like, their parents aren't even married or like their parents are divorced or like this and that. And I'm like, I just thought that my family was boring, but oh, yeah, life pretty quickly kicked me in the ass for thinking that because it's like a can of worms. My whole childhood, I was I was shielded by yeah, a lot, yeah. like from a lot of things. So I was completely sheltered and was totally like deer in the headlights when I after graduation, where I'm like, oh, holy no, fuck, crazy. shit really hit the fan. 
and it, it, it's frustrating because it's like and to anybody listening like if you um are married and then happy and like you have young children and you get out together get just out. for the children don't get the fuck out because you're just wrecking it for those kids in the future I wish that my parents got divorced when we were little instead of getting divorced as a grown-up because you're you understand more shit they would have like like, they 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 could have separated and you know been happy with someone else or on their own or whatever you know what I mean like yeah I just think there's no point there absolutely is no point you know like yeah it's nice to think like keeping your your family together and picture perfect and everybody wants that but sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay you know that's totally okay yeah exactly and I think that's where a lot of the childhood trauma nowadays is probably surfacing with um you know parents just not being like honest with the kids or like you know honest with themselves and getting out but mind you I guess I guess so they I guess people oh, yeah. are now yeah the divorce rate I think people just don't try it all anymore, that's the sad thing yeah people are like See, they have yeah. one fight and they're like I'm that I don't get like, the amount of people I know that have been together but, for like 13 years and then decide to get married and then all of a sudden they're divorced like six months later I'm like what the fuck like what happened I'm like what I, I don't get this did you think that they were going to change or did they yeah. change once i, I don't get it either but it. yeah like, i, I agree like yeah get out be happy like your kids need to have happy parents not you know parents that are together and miserable yeah well i guess like um you know thinking it, and it's all stuff that like i didn't really pick on uh, up when i was younger like like our family didn't really like i don't know like there was never any abuse or anything are you sure about that there was also like like verbal abuse do you not consider your mom like with my parents some of the stuff she did with you like with your weight and that's like semi-abusive oh well that is Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that. No, totally. I'm and I, I'm sorry if that's like, you know, scraping but, up old wounds. No, but no. I just like, that's true. Like, you know, the way your mom treated you, that's semi abusive. You know, that, that, that's traumatic in, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I've kind of thrown it at her a little bit here and there. And, and she, you know, plays like, you know, innocent that, that she wasn't like that. But, um you know trying to put your daughter yeah. on a diet in like high school or you know it's like not. it's just not cool um and it was always kind of in my head because I was bigger than a lot of people like a lot of my good friends like I was I you know not like like I was a bit chunky or whatever growing up but always having that in your Completely. forefront like that's awful and and I, like, I think it's a little bit less of that nowadays that like with body positivity and everything like that, which I'm, you know, you know, big on, obviously, like to be healthy, still um, exercise and still eat well. Um, everybody's not meant to be a size zero. But back in like the 90s and the yeah. 2000s, like for sure, we were like, got you know you had to be skinny shoved down our throats and you know my mom was always on a diet my mom eats like one <laughs> meal a day to this day so it's like and says like I need to work mind out. your like, business like, Brenda like, I just don't understand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god oh, she's gonna listen to this and be like what the 
fuck. Yes. No, we'll deal with that bridge when we get there. Um, but no, like, and I've, I've called her out on that for sure. Because like, yeah, like that, that is a form of trauma. Because even in my, you know, 30s, I'm still dealing with weight exactly. issues and, and self-esteem issues and stuff like that. And, you know, I shouldn't and I wish I wouldn't. But you know what I, I got to say, though, um, my dad bless his soul my dad would never ever say anything negative about me um he is very you know proud of me and what I've accomplished and the person that I've become and everything like he's he's like the most proudest person ever and but like he'll never um bring up my weight to me or anything like that um because because he's probably thinking he's like this bitch got (laughs) the same um figure as me Cause that's like I literally take yes, but I take after my dad. I'm not ever gonna be no. like scrawny and skinny like my mom. Never is not built like her, even though she thinks. Do you know what's so funny to me like is remember like, like I didn't share mine, head. but at the beginning of like our health journey this month, we uh, you sent me your measurements. It's like I'm pretty sure my hips are like yeah. four inches smaller than yours, but I'm like fifty pounds heavier than yeah, you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It's just bodies. Like our bodies though? are just like I think... everyone's body is different. You will never be a teeny tiny Brenda. It's like so it's impossible. Up. We'd have to break your hips. No. And we physically... attach them. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that she always like gets at me. Like I could get down to the size I was in high school. But I think too, also, she obviously yeah. I think, suffers with like um self-esteem and confidence issues. But um she, I was always like in high school, especially I was smaller than her. So yeah, because she, she had big ginormous jugs like that, like <laughs> fucking could suffocate anybody. Um, like just massive tits and like no, like no hips. Yeah, skinny little legs and like she was very top heavy. <laughs> How she didn't fall over more often is surprising. But um, me, I'm more curvy. I have you know, well, yeah. when I'm really in shape, I have more of like the hourglass. I have, I have big hips big thighs whatever and not and like no boobs um and then a flat ass so it's like I get my dad's like muscle like structure and like the you know I'm, I'm heavier on the bottom um but I don't have an ass <laughs> I, I have her flat ass and then I have his everything Jesus else and I'm just Christ. like and no tits and I'm like cool but um but yeah so like and and so growing up like she would wear my like she couldn't use she couldn't wear my shirts because she couldn't fit in them um and but she could wear yeah. my pants because my oh, jeans right, because right. she didn't have any hips so they fit her um but if she was built like me I, I, she wouldn't be able to fit in them or whatever but like yeah just because she had no hips she was able to fit in my shit so it's almost like um i don't know like she thinks that I can get back no, to that. Exactly. It, just, like, it hurts my head. It hurts my head so much. But like, and also too, like my brothers never, um, like growing up, I remember tormenting my brothers, but like, I remember Jimmy cause he was always chunky growing up. Um, and Joey was more like chiseled, like hockey player guy. Jimmy played hockey <laughs> too, but he was, he was more of like a teddy bear. Like he, he was a little husky. Um, and so I vividly remember, being gosh I don't know I was probably nine or ten yeah. whenever you start wearing training bras and we were fighting over god knows what like who could place uh, the Sega next I don't fucking know 
or maybe he wasn't playing Barbies with me and I was trying to make a, you know, 12 year old boy play Barbies with me. Um, something like that. But anyways, we had a big fight and then I was like, you know what? I don't need oh, to wear a training bra. You Janine. do. Like, what a That's bitch. terrible. What a fucking bitch. Like just so mean. Like he was chunky and I just like pointed out his chunkiness and I was <laughs> chunky too. So we're all chunky. No, you don't. You, don't. you just don't. Um, so mean. Yeah. And then like and then him as he grew up, like he struggled with um, you know, weight issues and like just you know self-esteem because he wasn't you know that chiseled guy and like it's it's funny how and i know it's going off, off they do track a yeah little bit, but like how guys suffer from self-esteem issues but you don't really think of it because they don't want to admit to it or whatever but like but yeah so anyways so bottom line my traumatic experiences definitely in my childhood do not they they do not take a <laughs> you know, yeah stand yeah. up against yours that's for damn sure like yours like you could have a fucking you like you could have had a whole season on more oh yeah here's another one here's another one guys gotta throw this out there jerry 12 years old starting to think about my life um okay so why why did i live with my grandparents for the first four years of my life discover the fact that nobody told me that the man who had been raising me wasn't my fucking birth father so there's another traumatic event then i uh yeah, when you're like sweet, and he had at that age, like twelve. I've been years lied to for twelve years, and, and then here's the that's not your dad. you know the icing on the cake. I confront my mom gently about it, and she denies it. She's like, "Nope, that's not true. He's your father. He's your birth father." I'm like, uh, "Okay," and then we never discussed it again. She was so mad. I think she started a fight. That's what she would do with me when I try to talk to her calmly about things. She'd start a fight and she'd physically assault me or something. And I think she did that. So I never brought it up again with her. Finally, when I was about 20, we were having, our relationship was getting a little bit better because she knew at that point she couldn't control me anymore. Like I was, as I got older, I was just like, fuck you. If you don't want to treat me well, don't be a part of my life. Like that's where I got to. So she started to treat me better. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I do love my mom. I love my mom to death, you know. Um, she, the shit she did to me was not okay. But she was a battered housewife who didn't know any better. You know, like, I'm not making an excuse for her. But her right. self-esteem and her self-worth was just so low. You know, anyone can sit there and be like, no mother would ever do that. And I feel those that way sometimes, too, being a mother myself. But I've just come to terms and been able to, like, forgive my mom for that stuff um doesn't mean those things still don't affect me but anyway we started talking about it again like my birth father situation when I was 20 she finally confessed to me like yes it's true but she told me she had no idea who he was which I don't think was true anyway so I'm, I'm on a birth father hunt I think I've already said that in an episode before but that was another pretty traumatic experience in my life like you know finding that out and then not having an well, answer yeah. not having anyone tell me like okay well this is who he is or yeah or even just like I absolutely do not know it was simply a it's not true kind of thing right yeah yeah so I carried that yeah, for a denial. long time I still do I mean I just for years I thought I took this approach where it was like eh, I don't really care you know it's not important to me but it, it is and not to like have some grand reunion with a father that I didn't get to be raised by but more just to kind of know where I come from you know so that's that's a, exactly. a whole other episode though oh, getting well, into that obviously. because that's full of twists and turns and roadblocks. <laughs> yeah. Well there 
it's it's crazy like you know there's a running joke in my family that my right brother is his real dad is my uncle um because the resemblance is uncanny I think I almost (laughs) have my parents both believing that that's the truth because like and it was funny it it came from my friend it started with Aaron and Aaron's just like dude <laughs> joe's dad is not your dad <laughs> like what and she's like she sees one picture of pete she's like so does pete know like was this like a weird like ancestral family thing and i'm like what are you talking about she's like yeah bitch you're oh my god jim is not his dad and i'm like fuck but it's it's funny because like yeah he looks but like in in certain lights you can see that Joey looks kind of like my dad but also hit my uncle yeah my uncle and him just that's like, crazy the resemblance is uncanny um but he also my mom always is like she's at, at the point now where it's just like I bring it up I'm like yeah so Joe, you know lightly because yeah, uh, yeah. my mother and brother haven't <laughs> spoken in over five years but that's another story um so so yeah she'd be like oh shut it's oh stop it and i'm just thinking i'm like wow maybe she oh, was Jesus like Christ. um oh, date rape or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so terrible i'm a terrible daughter but it's just like we will never like we won't know until that moria or what you do like, is you get gonna happen um yourself and joey an ancestor dna kit and you take it and you find out if you're half siblings or full siblings. Yeah, you'll have your answer. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh shit, you're fifty percent What? <laughs> this is some fucked up shit. I oh mean, my it came from her, god, from her, but what? Yeah. yeah. So, so that is that. You know, I think you know with the this is going to obviously tie into our kind of uh, present day trauma or in our twenties into our thirties, our next episode. Um, And like I said before, like you said that a lot of the issues that we've dealt with in our adult life just stemmed from what had happened back in the day and things that like, like it would have helped you, especially to see like counselors all the time or whichever totally. at that age but like when you don't have the resources or like or if you didn't or if you had a, a par- like yeah and after like leaving my parents house I did see counselors but the, it was just I feel like I wasn't even ready at that point though to properly deal with it it's like now that I'm like yeah. 35 this is when I'm, I'm ready well, to actually deal with it because that's the truth. Yeah, like I have to be honest to hash here. Is I haven't really dealt with it, and I've wasted yeah. a lot of my life because of that. Well, I wouldn't say it as wasted. Just like you, you could have done things a little different, as we all could have. Um, but like, it's now. It's like just. It's, oh, it's, for sure, for sure. I just, just mean like you know my twenties, you know, like just... college, like. No, oh, our 20s could have been so much better. You know, I, I know without so. a doubt that like I would have been more of a su- successful person and we all m- measure success differently. And I, I've done a lot of pretty crazy and cool things in my life, but like for my own self, I don't feel like I'm where I should have been. 
you know, when I was a kid, like I was a go-getter, like student council, right. like straight A's. And my parents, they just beat yeah, me down. Me like they yeah. beat me down and beat me down, you know, constantly. Like my mom would sabotage things. Like I'd have, I'd, I'd plan events at school. Like this is another thing that just popped oh. up. Oh my God. This should have been like two or three parts. Seriously, I'm surprised I'm not crying. You're having like PTSD. I'm surprised I'm not crying. I remember Jesus. grade six. I planned I this. Bad. I was like head of student council. I planned this really cool thing where me and like everyone on the student council, we were like dressing up and going to the primary grades and like handing out treats and like candy canes and stuff around Christmas time. And like, I put a lot of work into this. Like I was that kid doing the announcements every morning at the school. And so if I was such a nerd, but like I was just a go-getter. And my mom, the day of, my mom said like, sorry, you're sick today. You're not going to school. And I'm like, actually, I'm not sick. And she's like, yeah, you are. And she wouldn't let me go to school. So I didn't get to take part in it. And she would do those things to me regularly. It'd be like the play at school. And then she'd be like, nope, you're not going and wouldn't let me go. So just constantly beating me down and beating me down. And then I think I finally got to a point when I was probably like, you know, 11, 12 years old where I stopped trying because it was constantly being sabotaged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. See, I was the opposite. If I didn't have like, if I got like a low yeah. A on something, like I would get in trouble. But it was funny because like my <laughs> two older brothers were freaking delinquents that they like, and it's like they put all of their hopes and dreams into me, which that's in itself like that's oh, a, yeah. a huge, you know, stressor. Like it wasn't until grade 11 that I realized that getting like 85% <laughs> on something isn't actually bad. Like, and I'm just like, wow. Whereas, like, my brothers both, like, uh, barely graduated. Well, Joey especially. Jimmy, like, that guy, he was so smart. Um, and, yeah, like, just didn't use his brain. Sounds like my brother. Just didn't, just wasn't yeah. interesting. <laughs> uh, but. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember we said that our <laughs> brothers were similar. <laughs> like, like, they're into weird shit. Maybe, yep. maybe um, <laughs> Jeffrey a little bit weirder, but. Um, just a little tad. Oh. It's okay. It's okay, Jeff. Oh my god. Um, Uncle Jeff with his what were Yeah, they? my brother. Oh my god. I swear I got an episode just about my brother. I freaking love that guy. Um Yeah. We will that have poor guy all the too. Speaking on trauma, like sure. that guy experienced a lot. Yeah, and my dad was really, really mean to him. He would have seen everything. Like calling him like a faggot and stuff when he was younger all the time because my brother was just yeah, like he uh, went through a lot. Um, terrible. Yeah, but he, he's an interesting guy. I love him to death. He shows up at my house one Christmas. This is so random, this rough story. And he's like, comes down to visit. And he's like, hey, Becky, does Zara like stickers? <laughs> Zara's like three years old. And I'm like, yeah, like she <laughs> loves stickers. So he has me a stack. Of, I want to say about like 200 stickers. Half of them, they're scratch and sniff, by the way. Half of them smell like leather. No, rubber. Rubber. <laughs> and they've got a little rubber boot on them. And shit, for the life of me, I can't remember the scent of the other one. Um, oh, God. Oh, uh, damn it. Like gasoline? I don't know. It was it was I weird. Remember, but it was... Yeah. Wasn't it like, it was weird. like cologne or something? Like it smelled like... Basically, like, like wood? Like cowboy. Fire? <laughs> I don't know. Like a burning fire. 
but then there's my little three-year-old just happy as a clam sticking all these stickers on her, <laughs> her dresser yeah just to cover her dresser, on her dresser. but yeah my brother that's that's him he brought buys his oh, niece scented stickers not anymore though he <laughs> spoils the shit out of her with pokemon and the most annoying gifts no. ever so that's great yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's what you get to do as an uncle. We're getting pretty lengthy here. But but yeah, so I think we Yeah, well I well, I feel like we, we covered a lot. Um um Cole's notes. Yeah, that's um, still like I we're probably shit. tip of the iceberg. Um okay. Janine was sheltered from everything in her childhood. Um and the rose colored yep. glasses were really worn all the time um and but then lo and behold uh as we get older shit gets worse and worse but uh guess it's kind of like you know this is our stories on how we kind of deal or have dealt with things and um yeah yeah it's just gonna get crazier from here our our trauma series well, we'll have to go. Yeah, we'll fair finish, enough. We, uh, we've got a lot of trauma with a the, lot more to say, I guess. Trauma for sure. But it's also like it's just to open up an avenue for other people to to kind of relate because I'm I'm pretty certain everybody's uh, every other person. That's true, and I mean, uh, if I could just reach some twenty year old who went through some of the stuff that I went through, or even younger, who's maybe listening right now. And have them think like, yeah. yeah, this this wasn't okay, but it's not my fault. You know, let's seek some counseling or something. I've done my job because I wish I had that because I just felt yeah. abnormal. I think that the biggest takeaway is that, no, it's not. yeah, the biggest Absolutely takeaway not. is that it's not. So yours. it's shaped who you are today, but exactly. Um, no shame. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to um, whatever episode this is of the PGF podcast. The child trauma episode <laughs> to be continued. It's the child trauma episode. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining trauma. us. We look forward to uh, chatting again next week. Thanks for. All right. Yeah, for sure. We will. We so will. What it is. You know, we're going to sporadically put out episodes. Um, Surprise or you we'll, all. Like, record a bunch and like pretty much release them all at once <laughs> right. who knows it's like a crap shoot you don't know what's gonna happen um but thanks so much for listening and uh hope everybody has taken away uh bits and pieces and kind of reflect on where they're at and absolutely if they need to seek help or know of somebody who needs help yeah. all um, right thanks beaches tons of Bye. resources out there all right peaches that's the end of another episode of the PGAF podcast with Jaynan and Bex. As you know, some of the best conversations continue after the show ends. So head on over to our Insta or Facebook at PGAF podcast. And if you found value in this episode, why not share it with someone? Take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Don't forget to hashtag PGAF podcast and tag us. We'll catch you next week. Same time, same place.